0: Ladies and gentlemen, I'm full of optimism. Einstein's theory of relativity.
1: We're still seeing it quite well
0: through that haze. The fight e is equals MC. 13. That all men are created equal. About the future innovations. And growing strength in the air.
1: we are. This is Finding Your Frequency with your hosts, Jeff Spinard and Ryan Treasure. It's time to speak up, share your voice, and hear from the thought leaders. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another fantastic episode of Finding Your Frequency. We are here, we're rocking and rolling. I appreciate everybody tuning in and listening to the radio show right here on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We have a fantastic show for you today. This uh, this person that we're gonna have a discussion with is uh, an, an author who has won multiple awards, and then of course, Uh, She had a great career in radio and the music industry and some uh, different things So we'll kind of navigate through all of that Claire Fullerton, uh, who's the author of Little T, uh, Set in the Deep South And concerns female friendship, Southern culture, healing the past And the changing times of the racial divide Something that we could all probably learn a little bit about uh, With our current atmosphere with COVID-19 And all of the civil unrest that's been happening across the country and uh, and, And the world for that matter Claire Fullerton, welcome to the show
0: I'm so happy to be here Ryan Thank you so much for having me This is great So Claire
1: You know I want to stay true To the the, the programming For Finding Your Frequency In our talk radio program And uh, I want to just start off With you know talking to you about how you found your frequency in life and in business I mean uh, you've you've done a lot of different things in your career and you're currently an author and writing fantastic books and novels Um, so let's kind of just like start at the beginning and and talk about how you got where you are
0: okay I think that it's been a, a very linear path and the reason why I say that is it's all been following the creative arts and so with regard to finding my frequency it was definitely an attunement to what it is that inspires me because, you know, I've always thought that whatever that is that inspires you is typically something that you're good at, uh, that, that comes easily to you. And then, and then the pursuit of that, in some ways, is, is a build and that you're trying to explore um, your contribution to whatever that medium is going to be. And so for me, it was, it was always... The arts, uh, and and by that I'll be specific and say, uh, the art of communication. And the reason why I say that is because you know I, I grew up in Memphis, which is the Deep South, and it's it's considered by many a musical mecca, and it is. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it is such a part of the environment, the history, the culture, and uh, the source of 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 you know community pride, in terms of the music that was created in Memphis and, and in many ways uh, it, it what was created in Memphis before Elvis and then Elvis took the ball and ran and then the Beatles took that ball and ran that its foundation uh, some would argue was all in the Delta and Memphis was considered the big city in the Delta so it came from Memphis is a slogan you hear bantered around there. So if I grew up in that environment uh, and my brother Haynes, 18 months older than I, was a musician. Picked up a guitar when he was eight, never put it down. And so, you know, he was passionate about music, who was doing what, and he understood music as a language, as a science, as an art. And I grew up under the tutelage of that in Memphis. And so, my contribution to the arts was two things. Um, I had an aptitude for ballet, you know, for dance, and and by that it came very easily to me. And that is movement and and how one relates to music and associates, you know, with music. And I also decided at a very early age that I wanted to be one of those on the radio talking about the music that was coming out and interviewing the musicians that were there and you know and and at the time when i was growing up in memphis uh it was a wonderful club scene there were incredibly creative bands that were contributing to uh you know rock and roll a band named big star um for instance that that influenced the bands rem and the replacements and on and on and on and so they they were just um on every corner you know in memphis at the time and so my becoming involved in, in radio started with learning the you know learning the board. <laughs> yeah. You know, as, as in what puts you on the air and and my first uh, you know gig of significance was at WHBQ Talk Radio when they had all of the old time broadcasters there that you know that it was the highest art they knew of this talk radio and I learned how to be a producer and run the live shows as they were on. And from there, I got involved in commercial radio um, and was in, I was a country music uh, disc jockey when I knew nothing about country music, but they, but they hired me and all of a sudden I learned and, and now I have a great appreciation for, for country music. But, but all told, it was a nine year career that, that went through, I believe it was five different formats. And uh, it all culminated, you know, at, at the pinnacle for me, where I wanted to be all along, which was WEGR Rock 103 on Beale Street, and that at the time was the album-oriented rock station anywhere in the southeast. It went into to, to multiple states, and you know, it was a wonderful time. But um, two years into it, I was offered the opportunity to move to Los Angeles and find the bands. Take them to the record companies where everybody would prosper and and that's what got me from Memphis to Los Angeles, and I did that and um, had some success uh, with a band called Better Than Ezra uh, that got signed and and today they're still enjoying a you know a, a real nice career and The lead singer uh, is is a highly respected songwriter now living in Nashville, and so you know I felt like I was a part of something. that that blossomed, and that is the, you know, the art of communication, but yet so is writing, you know, and I've been writing all along, and I can say that because from the time I was 17 or 18, I've kept a journal for for no reason whatsoever other than I felt compelled to, and from a writer's uh, perspective, when one keeps a journal, it is inevitable that they will get better at the writing process they, they fine-tune uh, they learn the art of brevity you know all of this and if you read all along and you know doing these kinds of things it all fits together and so I started as a poet and was published as a poet in a couple of publications and then I, I tried my hand at uh, short story writing but when I moved to Ireland uh, and and which I did I, I left the music industry and I moved to the West Coast of Ireland and I was there for a little more than a year and I worked at the Galway Music Center which meant representing that the Irish musicians that were you know in the in, in the rural part of outside of Galway and you know helping to sort of organize their careers put them in the clubs send their demo tapes to Dublin this kind of a thing but what, when I got back to America it was because I was offered a job and the first thing I did was review my the journals that I had, that I kept uh, religiously every day while I was in Ireland because you know I was a stranger in a strange land, and and it all worked for me. I mean it was like an incredibly pivotal career, uh, you know, sort of launching point because I took that journal and I turned it into a novel, and that was the first novel that I ever wrote. And yet it was the second novel I ever, I ever got published. <laughs> so I had another pub, uh, novel published before that and then turned around and said, well, you know, to the same publisher, I have a manuscript. It's set in Ireland. And I've been steadily writing novels ever since. And so I can tell you, Ryan, that it's been 10, 11 years since uh, I've been a full-time writer. And, you know, following, finding your frequency you know, to get back to your question, uh, it is as simple as, uh, you know, discerning and defining how it is that you are wired, how you're calibrated, what your frequency is, and following that, um, you know, what that which has resonance, to, to use frequency terms. And, th- you know, if you do but that, I believe that, that it will lead you, you know, onward. And so, for me, I look at it as one all, you know, obvious transition of, you know, uh, from radio to the music business to writing, which I was doing all along, you know, it, it, it all makes perfect sense to me, you know, how everything grew, you know, evolved and, and just moved forward that, that to me, it's all the same thing in terms of exploring the art of communication, you know, and, and what does that mean? This business of being human, you know, what do we bring to the table? You know, how, how do we contribute to that? And from a writer's perspective, I think what writers are doing is uh, commenting on, on you know, how they, they view this business of life. And And for me, I can say personally, that it's almost as if I'm comparing notes with the reader in as much as I'm saying, all right, well, here's my take on this. Um, here's my understanding of this. You know, let me get it all down so that the reader can consider their own vantage point or their own viewpoint. And you know, I, I can tell you, Ryan, that's why I'm in it. Is uh, you know, there, there's a purpose for me being in it. And then as I'm just, the whole thing is an exploration for me yeah. in terms of this is my understanding of
1: how to live so that's wonderful i don't know about you guys but i absolutely love keeping my face nicely shaved nice and clean for my wife and just that nice clean professional look i suggest you guys also do the same thing and you can do it fantastically with a great company called harry's harry's is such an amazing product not to mention How much could you save in one year by switching to Harry's? It's enough to buy 26 cups of coffee in New York City or enough for three deep dish Chicago pizzas. Enough to pay for six months of your Netflix subscription. How, you ask? Harry's delivers high-quality razor blades as low as $2 each. That's it, just $2. A fraction of the price of the leading brand and saving you hundreds of dollars over time. I just love the product. It's 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 a close shave. The design of the handle is ergonomic. It fits my hand perfectly. The shave gel really makes it nice and smooth and it smells fantastic. You can get a Harry's trial set delivered to your doorstep by going to harrys.com/frequency. You got to try it out. Durable blades, fair price. per blade. They cut out the middleman manufacturing blades in their German blade factory. That's been making precision blades for a century. That's why you get that nice, close shave and that wonderful handle. Harry actually has all your grooming needs covered in one stop. You can get blades, hair care, shower products, all on harrys.com. And just like their blades, Harry's just committed to providing premium products without breaking the break. You can feel a little better about your purchase knowing that 1% of the proceeds are set aside for nonprofit organizations devoting to helping provide access to better mental health care for men and veterans. I know I can get behind that. To help support those who need it most right now, Harry's is donating a million dollars worth of shaving supplies to hospitals across the United States. Listeners of Finding Your Frequency can redeem their Harry's trial set at harrys.com slash frequency. You'll get a weighted ergonomic handle for a firm grip, five blade razor with a lubricating strip and a trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel with aloe to keep your skin hydrated and a travel blade cover to keep your razor dry and safe to grab on the go. Don't forget, go to harrys.com slash frequency and start saving money today. you know when you when you kind of started your, your your story to tell us about it you, you you said following the creative arts and then you made some mention about uh, you know communication and, and humanism and you know that's one of the one of the things I, I enjoy about this particular medium right is um, I'm not the best writer in the world but I know that uh, I can have a great conversation with just about anyone and that's my contribution like you're contributing with your written components and uh, you know the different things that you were doing with uh, you know discovering bands and such and you're 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 bringing to the world something creative uh, that they necessarily wouldn't have seen before and that's just absolutely beautiful and uh, uh, kudos to you for that and being able to be you know chameleon like in a sense with your creativeness and and be able to move and shift from you know one component of you know doing radio into you know looking for Bands and artists and such, and uh, and then and then you know moving into writing. I mean, essentially all of those are creative outlets, and um, so th- that's just fantastic that you have that ability to uh, you know shift and weave through the different components, but still maintain that creative flow.
0: Well, thank you. And you know, musicians are incredibly otherworldly creatures I mean I am in awe and fascinated and you know I, I remember being in the music business and and in radio as well music radio and thinking the world's got to hear this I mean this is absolutely otherworldly in terms of, of just the contribution this band or, or, or this one singer songwriters bring to the table and everybody's got to hear it and and you know so so in a manner of speaking I acted as an as an agent, and they call what I did, uh, you know, A and R, meaning mm. artist and repertoire. Yep. And and the A and R people are, you know, are the people in a record company that find the bands, and and then and then they're the the point person between uh, the record company and the musicians and the band, and. So, so in, in, in essence, they act as, as a manager in, in their own way, and yeah. that's just the hierarchy of, of the music business. But, you know, th- there's nothing more fulfilling than championing, you know, in my opinion, another artist and saying, you know, look, I, I happen to know how to navigate the waters of how to make your dream come true. And it deserves to come true. It should come true. Yeah, what and everybody's going to be, you know, lifted up when your dream comes true. So let me get yeah. in there and do what I can to make sure that what needs to happen between, you know, you standing here now and you being on a stage somewhere, you know, let me take you through the steps. And I found that to be an incredibly fulfilling uh, career. And it was, you know, like championing another artist. And yet I was one myself. And so... You know, I find myself for the first time, you know, n- now that m- my fourth novel, Little T, was released May first, that I am essentially working and promoting myself and my book and my work, and and it's an, it's a it's a different position to be in than championing somebody's somebody else's, and you know that's a, that's a whole another show for you in <laughs> yeah. terms of how an artist and in my case a ri- a writer reconciles the fact that in this day and age they have to promote you know their book Mm -hmm. and themselves you know that's an entirely different show
1: you have to be your Um, own champion
0: yeah yeah I mean it's, it's been an interesting position for me because you know you know as I've mentioned that that for years I was the one that was you know all excited about the about the artist standing next to me and so so now uh, you know the paradigm is has shifted and and it's part and parcel to being an author in this day and age that you know social media and all of this that that you have to have a platform. and uh, you know you have to be mindful and also vigilant ab- about how you appear on that platform, you know and where you're going to appear and these kinds of things. And so a- again, I still view it all going right back to center page as this is the art of communication. And this is what we do in order to you know, share with those that we think would be our audience yeah. that you know, I exist, I have a book out, and here it is. And so for an artist that is a writer, it's a long game. And you are building your career and you are doing it one reader at a time. Yeah. And you're thrilled when anybody reads your book and leaves a review. And you know, I, I've seen many of my fellows um, be frustrated by just how long it takes. You know that it's it's just it's just this this never ending build, um, and and yet it's it's part and parcel to the act of being a writer. You know, they they go hand in hand, and so you know that that's that's just the current field and the art of communications that I'm in now, and uh, I don't envision myself ever not writing, you know, and, and the field changes, uh, the, the publishing world changes, um, the, you know, the genres they're looking for and sign, signing changes, and, and then it becomes, as a writer, you know, what do I do with regard to why I'm writing and what I have to say to reconcile the fact that, that the market is this and and all that so there's the business side of being a writer as well which which isn't dissimilar to you know musicians having to have a thorough understanding of the business side of the music business and so you know therein comes that age-old quandary of reconciling you know art and business and I imagine even painters have it you know <laughs> yeah. Dan, I mean, anybody involved in the arts Sooner or later, it comes down to, um, you know, what is the business side of of getting the work out in the world, whatever that work may be.
1: Yeah, and I think from the artistic side too, when you're a writer or you're a musician, I mean the the whole goal of what you're doing is 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 you guys are storytellers. You're you're telling stories, whether it be in a musical format or in a written format, like with your books, but ultimately. You know, everything that we do in in media, whether it's, uh, you know, radio, television, movies, uh, any of those things, it all begins with the story. Uh, And that's one of the things that I really love about uh, country music. And one of the things I really love about, you know, reading books is you get this different take on somebody telling a story uh, where you can kind of almost even imagine yourself in a particular scenario and, uh, you know, get some of the feelings that uh, uh, are given off by music. And, and of course, also by uh, the written word, because the written word, there's no music there. So you immediately envision yourself in the scenario or you envision, you know, what this uh, uh, writer is, is trying to explain as far as you know the place that they're at the feelings that they have uh, all of those different things but effectively it's all just story technology right everything that we do nowadays revolves around the story whether you're branding a business whether you're doing you know books or anything it's all about what's the story because if you don't have uh, a story to tell then what are we talking about right
0: you're so right and you know what you're so right and 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 I love what you've said Ryan and, and what occurred to me as you were saying it was well here's something that I've, I've never really considered with regard to you know reading and all this it hits you emotionally
1: absolutely and that's
0: yeah and the storytelling you know that when, when people are you know in, in their living room or bedroom reading the book nobody's around there's no sound what's happening they're reading what's happening they're connecting emotionally yeah. I mean, intellectually, obviously, on 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 some vantage points, but but they are weighing it against their understanding of the world, and one's understanding of the world is experienced, in my opinion, emotionally, and so to to really be gifted with the opportunity to explore your emotions with without it being a, you know a, a construct of something that you are experiencing personally and then there's going to be a filter in there because you know defense mechanisms come in all kinds of things (laughs) fear comes in all kinds of things come in it you know when we're up in our own you know quandaries dilemmas and something is evocative emotionally but to read a book you know you have a safety zone around you and you are imagining as if and that's the reason why I think that those who read are ferocious readers I mean those that read that have it as a way of being in the world you know and you find with readers that they don't do it casually you know they, they, <laughs> they do, do it as, habitually <laughs> yeah you know?
1: my, my wife so, my wife is one of those people uh is she oh absolutely and if she doesn't have a book in her hand she's listening to a book on tape while she's working there you go you know and what does what
0: she like to read
1: oh man she's she's into all kinds of stuff um I don't know exactly what she's into now but um, she just got done uh, with like a whole series on Jack Reacher. Um, Oh, okay. So she's she's into all kinds of different stuff whether it be thriller novels or she likes all that stuff. She likes sci-fi stuff. She likes, um, you know, things, uh, you know, like the Game of Thrones series that she also read all those. and Yeah, So she's...
0: Outlander, maybe.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Good for her. I like hearing that. That's wonderful. Yeah, I mean, it's life-enhancing. To, to a large degree, and, mm-hmm. and, you know, reading certainly speaks to the imagination uh, as well, and, all, you know, it, it, it helps you with your view of the world, you know, and I, I think it's very important to have our imagination peaked.
1: Yeah. You guys have to check out this new service that I'm playing around with called Issue. It is totally amazing. You live to create, but you don't live to worry over the last nitpicky details involved in putting final touches on contact. You got to do what you do best and let issue handle the rest. If you're a creative, you know the drill. You're finally done editing. It's perfect. Now you just need format and reformat for every single platform. With issue, make it once and it's ready to post everywhere. Seriously, Issue is the all-in-one platform to create and distribute beautiful digital publications from brochures to magazines and sales collateral. It's perfect for creators, marketers, designers, educators, publishers, salespeople, or just anyone that wants to make eye-catching content that can be distributed on multiple platforms. Issue makes it really simple. Just upload the PDFs and files and Issue transforms them using your vision and customizable templates to create the content you want. With Issue, you just create it one time and distribute it everywhere. Everything is optimized to post on your website, social platforms like Instagram and Facebook. They can even help you make animated Instagram stories. And the best part about it? It is free. F.R.E.E. Free. That's right. It's free to get started with Issue. So go to issue.info/frequency to sign up for your free account. That's i slash u u.info/frequency to sign up and let them know that you heard about it from this show, finding your frequency. Remember, that's .info, not .com. .info. So go to i slash u u.info/frequency and get your free account today.
0: Yeah.
1: You know the CEO of Voice America, who's the co uh, one of, is the host of this show normally, and I co-host, and he's been out trying to take over the world, so I've been filling in for. Again. Do, do, yeah, you know how it is. Uh, so I've, I've been filling in on the show. Normally we do them together, uh, but I've been filling in a lot just doing the one-on-one interviews, and you know this this whole show started because Jeff wrote a book called "Finding Your Frequency: How to Broadcast Yourself and Your Message," right? Because having a, a media and radio background for 25 years. Uh, and he started writing uh, this book and one of the things that I thought that was uh, very synergistic between you know the process of what you do with writing and the process of what we do in media and broadcast is you know initially like the first thing you're ever doing is you're like defining your message right and that's something that we yes. do that, that's something that we do in radio uh, before we conceptualize some talk radio format or or whatever it is is like so this message that we want to get out right let's define that message right and then yes. you've got but then you got to define your audience like who are you actually talking to with That's that right. message and then you know setting setting your goals on 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 what is that and then and then strategies around attacking those and i think from an artistic point of view whether you're a band whether you're in radio whether you're a novelist uh, or anything i mean all of those things are kind of some some key points just to kind of start off you know if P- if anybody was ever asking like well how do i get started if i want to write uh-huh. a book how do i get started in radio yeah. You know, it, all, it all starts with defining your message
0: you are so right and uh, God this is just so much fun for me to talk to you <laughs> it's like I have met a member of my tribe and <laughs> that say. is the, the ultimate in following your you know your frequency yep. it's the ultimate in that and that it may seem foreign to the mathematician you know on the other side <laughs> of the room but to me uh, nothing matters as much as you know so it's about passion as well absolutely and and you have to say all right well you know i am wired this way and yet i have an older brother um who who is into something completely different that you know is foreign to me and i can't relate to it and so it begs the question of you know isn't that interesting the way that you know we're born so to speak and so you know the wise person gets in touch with who they are and what motivates them and inspires them and and follows that you know and I think that I found in radio um, that I'll use the word tribe again that you know I was lucky enough to meet some people that were involved in the business and it was so apparent that we spoke the same language yeah and the first the first man Steve Connolly of uh, FM 100 in Memphis that you know, when I met him, he had in, in a wildly, wildly popular DJ um, at FM One Hundred, and 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 still is like iconic in Memphis. But he said, "You belong in the business." And you know, I might have been like twenty-one at the time, and and I was like, "You're right." You know, because we spoke the same language, and we were both as enthusiastic um, <laughs> about who was doing what. You know, what musician was doing what, and you know, with music. And, and all of that, it's almost like n- nothing else matters anywhere on Earth as much as this does. you know, and you find that that the people that are in music radio, they all feel that way, and they all have uh, almost a, a, a reverence. Yeah. For broadcast, because well, there's an art to the delivery.
1: Well, and they have to. I mean, yeah. um, I'm sure you know this from working in radio. When you're a board op or you're a producer in radio, it's not like you bring home six figures, <laughs> right? You, no, you, it's not. It's not a hugely high paying job working in radio, but it's no. hugely satisfying. Um, yeah, you know, and and, yeah, and so like awesome. you, that's it, so funny. I I, I I was told, Ryan, you belong in this space. I started at an AM station here locally, and I had answered an ad when I got home from the military that said, uh, "Have a career in media." And I was like, "Man, I've been DJing for since I was 13 years old. I always loved turntables and electronics, and yeah, you know, I've, <laughs> I've I've learned how to play the guitar twice, and then forgot how to play the guitar twice, and. Um, <laughs> you know, so all of those things I'm so interested in, and you know i 'm not necessarily a musician per se, but I love music and I love instruments and I love sound, and I love the the engineering aspects of all of those things and So here I am thinking, oh cool a uh, uh, job in media, I wonder what it is. I go down and to the station I interview and It was for a sales job. Uh, It was for uh, an associate producer of uh, executive producers and working with them and making outbound phone calls uh, out of the phone book with people who had yellow page ads Uh, because their idea was well if they have a yellow page ad they're trying to get noticed so let's call all these people that have a whole full page ads and see if they want to be advertisers on the radio yeah sure so that was like you know my first job and I did that for about five or six months and then uh, I met this gentleman named Chad who was a board op at the time who was running the midday shifts at the talk station and I would get done with my shift and I would go into the control room and hang out with him and we we're just we we're just hanging out and you know after about two months of that uh, a job opened up in overnights and so I switched from uh, from doing the the sales side to board boardopping overnights and that was my very first entry into you know uh, the radio world and producing radio and one of my best joys during that time like you were explaining you know being a, a, a DJ was you know talking about this music bringing on artists having conversations Conversations with them, and you know, we we had uh, I, I had a show called Sessions from the Crate, right? Crates of records, uh, Sessions from yeah. the Crate, and we and that's exactly what we would do. People who. What was year since, was this? Um, this was probably in 1999. Okay. Yep 1999, and then I think I was at that station from '99 to 02 or 03 something like that. Um, and so we did that. And, and, and similar to what you did, when when acts and bands and artists would come uh, would come into town and to Phoenix, we would invite them into the studio to play their music, talk about their music um, and and that even though I was working overnights and getting paid very terribly um, it was so rewarding for my soul though to be able to make this connection with the listeners and knowing that there were people out there that really cared about what we were bringing to the table the style of music that you know uh, that we were bringing to the table and we talked about all kinds of music it could have been hip-hop it could have been uh, country music it could have been uh, electronic music anything um, that we felt that was relevant to our audience we would bring that um, and, and it was just it was satisfying and I know you you know that feeling.
0: Yeah, and I think that it, what I was thinking, your success story, because it is a success story, is exemplary of, you know, when, when people say, how do I get into the business? Well, the answer is you go to the front desk where the receptionist is <laughs> and after you make best friends, you, you know, you get them to call the music director downstairs and you say, I'm here with my broom ready to sweep your floors and yep. you don't have to pay me. You know because the whole thing is just let me underneath the roof hmm let me be a part of this underneath the roof and and then you go in there and uh, you know y- 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 you fraternize with those that are doing it and they, eventually they will lift you up because yep. they recognize that you know you're, you're serious about being there and you know things do open up and you know if you're if, who are they gonna who are they gonna hire the one standing underneath the roof is who they're going to hire. And so that's Every the time. whole thing is just, just get in the building and, and, and you know, the, the path ahead, doors will open up if you're standing there, you know. And that's how it works. And, and it, it could be for, for any industry. Yeah, 100%. But I know that it was in radio is just get in there, tell them they don't have to pay you, just let me be here.
1: You know. That's like the promo for our radio show that we play throughout the network. It says you have to summon the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone and go do something, go try. Right. And, and, you know, walking in the front door of any business and saying, Hey, I'm here to lend a hand, uh, put me to work yeah. showing yeah. your eagerness. You know, that's, yeah. that's stepping outside of your comfort zone because you know how easy it is to just sit at home on the internet and, and send out uh, digital applications for jobs. And, you know, I know a lot of companies nowadays, that's kind of their requirement, but I don't, in my mind, if I ever had to look for another job, I'm not going to sit at home and send out resumes. I'm going to sit no. at home and send the resumes. And the following day, I'm going to go to the places that I sent the resumes to show, and show them person. my face, show up in person. Right. And they're going to have to tell me to my face. No, to go away. Not by email.
0: Yeah. <laughs> right. it, there's, there's a lot to be said. And that's why for authors that uh, so, so many of us, I mean, th- this pandemic has has changed the dynamic of how authors, um, you know, heretofore have been working their careers, and all of it is show up in person. Show up at the at the yeah. at the bookstores, do the book signings, go to the book festivals, show up in person, and and meet your readers face to face. I mean, so so there's a lot to be said for showing up in person, and you know that that's all fields, and, but you know the the internet and and how things are done online certainly assists that, but I don't believe it should be the other way around. You know that that the primary focus is online. You know, it, it, we we still are human beings that are pack oriented. You know, and so uh, I think f- for anything, um, if you can can get an introduction to those that are your audience, you know, in person, that that, that goes a long way.
1: Yeah. Well said. Well said. Are you having trouble finding hand sanitizer? Well, Spa Treat has you covered. There's no need to go searching high and low. Just visit SpaTreatOfficial.com and place your order on their easy to use website. On schedule delivery. One of the great things about this product, Spa Treat Fulfillment Team is working around the clock to provide people hand sanitizer during this time of need and get your order to you as quickly as possible, even faster than Amazon. Spa Treat also has the lowest price of any of its competitors. Spa Treat has 62% alcohol content and the FDA recommends between 60 to 80 for maximum protection. This one has 62 because it doesn't dry your hands out. I use this stuff every single day. It is fantastic. It's got certified organic extracts with the ingredients in that hand sanitizer that are of the highest quality and they're designed to leave your hands smelling and feeling fresh while protecting you at the same time. The best part, there's no tricky residue left over. None, none of that sticky stuff. Four scents available: unscented, tea tree, lavender, and lemon. And best of all, this product right here is made in the good old United States of America. A lot of companies are having trouble dealing with the current demands, so Spa Treat has dedicated themselves to providing a much-needed product in the time of crisis. Spa Treat has better prices, faster shipping, and a larger supply than any of their competition. There isn't even a close second. Visit and enter promo code SPA spa at checkout to receive 5% off your entire order. That's right. Not only are they offering the lowest price available, but they're also offering our listeners a discount. This promo code is exclusive to Voice America and only our listeners get this discount. Spa Tree and Voice America came together on this sponsorship in order to provide Americans something they could really need right now. Peace of mind. Visit SpaTreatOfficial.com and order yours today. That's SpaTreatOfficial.com and make sure you use the promo code SP at checkout to receive five percent off your entire order. SpottreeOfficial.com Get your awesome hand sanitizer. You know, Claire, I want to give you the opportunity too to let uh, our listeners know where they can find out uh, more about your books. Where can they purchase them? Um, I know you have you have a whole a whole span. I mean, your 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 recent book that just came out in May was Little T. That was one that was set in the Deep South, uh, and then you know you had some uh, other stuff that you've been putting out. You had the novel Morning Dove, right, which is a five time award winner. Uh,
0: it's seven times. Seven it, times. The last, uh, the last two weeks, they you, picked up. Two more I was going to say you got to
1: update your bio.
0: <laughs> I know. I mean, it happens so quickly. It so but, quick, yeah. And I'm in the swing of Little T, but I'll tell you succinctly. I have a website that's that's Clarafullerton.com. Nice. And I love Instagram, Ryan, uh, and I'm on Instagram, and uh, I'm posting about what's happening as I do the swing with Little T, and that the first 90 days uh, after a book release are, are when authors are really out in the world, uh, when they're interviewed, um, and, you know, when there's momentum behind them. And so I, uh, I I can proudly say I'm in the swing of that right now, and I'm having a great time. But, you know, essentially for me, I do write about, with, with Morning Dove, like the bird, Morning Dove, not Good Morning, um, and with Little T, I addressed... Uh, the family dynamic and in terms of cause and effect and in terms of how it is that we um, end up shaping our lives and who we are that it starts in the family and and the foundation of that explains a lot in terms of where we go and what happens to us in life and I'm also big on talking about the South as place because you know as we said I'm, I'm living in California now I've been here for a long time but I grew up in Memphis and so therefore I have um, you know, the luxury of being able to sort of now one person removed talk about the South and its culture and its social mores and its people and its characters and its rich history and just everything about the South I see it through a different lens now that I'm geographically removed from it. And, and that's the reason why I set my last two novels in the Deep South, because there's just so much substance there, um, you know, to set any type of human interaction, you know, in the South as place, because yeah. it almost becomes yeah. its own character. And what was interesting with Little T is that, you know, obviously, I wrote it two years ago. By the time you get the book signed, and I do have a literary agent, you know, that, that, that shops my work, and by the, but by the time that it was signed, uh, and then you go through editing, and then you go through this and that and the other, you're always looking at right around 18 months to two years before it comes out. And what I did in Little T was talk about the South uh, cultural dynamic um, between the blacks and the whites, And I did that by having uh, something happen in the narrator's background in Little T. So, in essence, very succinctly, Little T opens, and it's three women grew up together. Now they all live in different parts of the country. One of them has a dilemma. Uh, So the three women convene for a weekend. It's been many years since they've done this and they take one problem, this character's dilemma, and in the hands of three different women trying to solve it, that's what I went into Little T, the novel of, uh, because I thought this is the the greatest premise ever, because I can discuss how women relate to each other when they have those long-standing friendships, the secret languages, the insider's jokes, you know, sense of humor, all this kind of stuff, set it in the Deep South. And I started writing the narrator's backstory because I wrote it in the first person, And I had said earlier, like page two or three, that the narrator was hesitant to fly down south. Now she lived in California. And I knew I had to answer the question of why. So I started to answer that question around page 25. And I created the character of Little T, who is black, the narrator's white. They grew up together in Como, Mississippi, the deep south. So Como, Mississippi is 45 miles south of Memphis and you find in that region that there are family homes passed down generation after generation, and most are attendant to a lot of land. And I started creating that background, and I had no intention of of doing anything but, but, but just sort of saying it, you know? And the next thing I knew, I was another 25 pages into the narrator's background, and I said, wait a minute, I think this is the story that a white girl and a black girl grew up together side by side third generation land in Como, Mississippi. Now how's that gonna be? How's that gonna be? Because I set the girls in modern time. So let's go back 25, 30 some odd years. That would've put them in the 80s. How was the, the, the racial divide in Como, Mississippi in the 1980s? Because we like to think that it's evolved but had it really, had it really back then. And so through the power of story and the book, Little T, I discussed two things. And that was the modern times with the three girls talking about life and love and marriage. And what is the idea of happiness? I mean, what is your definition, definition of happiness? Because mine is this. And one girl is saying this and the other girl is saying this. As the narrator's backstory unfolds. And little t, um, that we we learn about the the times, the culture, the social mores, and moving forward with that, you know, it I, I post that backstory as something the narrator needed to reconcile, come to grips with, healing the past, can describe it. Uh, it does so on the on the book's <laughs> back cover. It says that, but the whole thing is an exploration. And I wrote Little T with an eye towards progress and hope. And that I said two years ago when I wrote the book, what was once culturally unacceptable has now become acceptable. There has been progress in racial relations. Uh, We have moved forward. We have evolved and all of that. And so again, the the book was released May 1st. And during these times that, you know, I don't have to tell you about it. um, And, you know, without... You know, passing any kind of judgment on anything, but, but just you know, with an awareness um, of you know, there's there's civil upheaval people people right now in America, and you know, with regard to that, Little T's release ended up being incredibly timely. But yeah, I, timely. I, I I made no I made no statements or, or judgments or claims in the book. I was telling a story. I'm a storyteller. That's what I do. Uh, but it has been very interesting for me sense you know for the the reader feedback um with with just the timeliness of little t being out and so yeah and i and i think that um that is you know hopefully what what an author receives anyway that you know when they write a book they want people to read it and then and they want people to care enough to comment you know so so that's what's going on right now um and little t i can i can say you know it, it's it's got a large presence on Instagram and on Facebook. I'm Claire Fullerton on Facebook. And, you know, in terms of pro- what an author does when they promote a book, when they have, when, even when they're traditionally published, which I am, um, a, a lot of the work um, falls to the author. And a lot of that results from the connections an author has. And in other words, I, I've been doing this long enough, and little t's my fourth you know, novel, that I, that I know plenty of people in the network, in the arena, either authors or readers or people putting on book festivals or bookstore owners or you know, people like you. I mean, the, the whole arena is the arena in which an author works and says, okay, I've got another book and this is what it is. And so you know, that, that is my world that I've been in uh, and, and, I, and I love it passion, passionately and uh, it's my idea of just how I felt about music radio and all of that which is I'm very excited to be here to be in it and, and, and contribute in you know what I've got to contribute you know so so that's where I am with the, the whole book thing and I think that, that readers you know on, on where and how to find an author well you just do a search online under their name and you know all kinds of social media links will come up so it's, it's yeah. very easy to find an author in this day and age just by you know doing a search on their name
1: agreed well, Claire, it's been absolutely wonderful having you on the show today. Uh, I'm going to urge all the listeners to go check out your website, ClaireFullerton.com. And, of course, uh, go check out uh, Little T. I'm sure it's on Amazon, right? Most books are on it Amazon. Is. So yes. we'll, we'll push the listeners over there. And, uh, Claire, thank you again for being on the show. What a wonderful story just all the way from the beginning to the end. You know, I think we had some great synergies. and just appreciate you being on.
0: My sincere pleasure. And thank you so much. What a, what a pleasure to meet you. Thank you
1: awesome ladies and gentlemen if you're listening to this as a podcast uh, make sure to give us five stars instead of four because I think uh, Claire and I deserve five stars we're five-star human beings so let's make sure we get the five stars uh, please make sure to share and comment and of course you can always send in uh, any comments about the radio show to info at voiceamerica.com I love hearing uh, your guys's feedback and of course if you have any subject matter or guests you want me to reach out to also email us at info at voiceamerica.com I'm Ryan treasure we're listening to finding your frequency right here on the voice America talk radio network tune in next week as we We'll be back with another fantastic episode right here on Finding Your Frequency.